Hello, my name is Janet Shreve. I am the director of Shreve Care Services, and this is my podcast, You Care, I Care, talking with people who have different experiences of the care sector. And today I am delighted to welcome Elaine Hollerhead, who is the owner of Designate Inclusive Interior Design Consultancy. Elaine and I met, oh, what was it, Elaine, three years ago, something like that? Probably, yes. In fact, in the days of COVID, because we only physically met um, last year, I think it was, wasn't it? So I'm delighted to welcome you to the podcast because what you do and um, your ideas about getting older, about making things so much better for all different types of people who have different sort of issues and problems and is amazing. So can I ask how you actually started in this sort of business and maybe a little bit about your your life and how you've ended up where you are now oh my goodness well i've been an occupational therapist all my life after many years of working in the nhs and local authority i returned to the nhs but things became so bad with, with regards to it was really number crunching and i couldn't do the sort of work i'd been trained to do i was a specialist in neurology and palliative care so I loved my house and I'd got an interior design diploma, which I put away, but when I retired, and I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave the NHS and I'm going to set up in private practice and combine my OT skills in housing adaptations with interior design and make functional fabulous. And you have, because I've seen some of your plans. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never, ever forget the one that I think you sent over very early on, of this wonderful sort of bed that came out that looked as if it was a desk. but Oh, yes, a study bed. Oh, that was just amazing. And you were so unaware of it being a bed. Well, that's, that's the idea, really, because inclusive design should be invisible design. So that unless you have a very trained eye, you're not really aware that a property has been adapted for somebody. And there are some beautiful alternatives to the standard NHS provision equipment. Which I think is where we started, wasn't it? Because you absolutely hate what is given to people. (laughs) And particularly when people are living with all of this for many, many years. Because we tend to think about only elderly people, but people with disabilities, people with acquired brain injuries... They want their houses to be, their living spaces to be as pleasant and, well, as aesthetically pleasing as is possible, I would say. Yes, absolutely. Every client I visited, without exception, my first question to them is, what is it you are hoping I can do for you? And they say, I don't want my home to look like a clinic. Which is completely understandable. How many different types of clients have you actually worked with? I mean, can you give me some examples? All sorts of age groups. I've had children of five and eight, right through the age spectrum, really. A lot of neurologically impaired people who are living with those conditions and people with dementia, the whole, the whole spectrum, really. You actually go into their homes and look at what they want. So it is total interior design, isn't it? Yes, it's basically interior design. That's what I go into their homes as an interior designer. And as I say, you know, ask them what it is they're hoping for. So I work on their colour schemes, their choices, because it's really important that people are given control and choice. The two elements that people just don't have through the authorities. So we choose the colours. I have a 3D CAD programme that I use. It's a little magic programme on the laptop. 
And together, and this is another really important word, we create, hopefully, their dream design. So it's all coloured. We can change the colours, flick of a key. We can change colours, et cetera, et cetera. So anybody who works with me really has to be prepared to be involved and do some homework. Because although I might have designed something, it's not set in stone. And if they can find something else, some other wallpaper or covering or piece of furniture or whatever it is that they like on the internet, then send it to me. I put it in my little gallery and together we press the key and hey presto, it's transformed into something that they like more. My job as an interior designer is to bring it all together and make sure that they're choosing the right shade or hue as we call it in the profession. And also that it's it's right for them. People who've got visual impairments you know, we just have to be a little bit more careful with the colours we choose. But for me, the whole spectrum of colour is still relevant to them. I couldn't agree more because colour really, I'm a big fan of colour. And I think people mm. forget how colour can completely transform the way you feel. Absolutely. It's whatever makes you feel relaxed, calm, happy. You know, it's so, so important. And it's looking at accessories in a room as well. When you wake up in the morning, first thing you should look at makes you happy. That's not necessarily your partner, but when, <laughs> when you open your eyes and you get out of bed, you know, and you look at the opposite wall or whatever, you see something that makes you feel, wow, you know, I really love this. I feel really happy. I, I think that is really true, actually, is when you look at some, you go into some hotel rooms and you look at the picture and you think, oh, dear. Oh, I know. I know a job lot from somewhere really cheap. But I also encourage people, I mean, pictures are a really good focal point. So the first thing I ask people is, do they do any art themselves? Have they got pictures that they've done themselves? Is there something they're really proud of? And amazingly although i'm an interior designer i can't draw or paint anything without my cad program so then we look at what sort of pictures do people like and it's a really good investment and i'll even accompany them to art galleries or places like grand designs and you pick up a really nice picture that reflects your personality and it's also a talking point when people come to visit you. Absolutely. And the actual equipment that, that, mm. that people require, because mm. obviously yeah, we all have seen, and certainly working here, you and I have seen you know, the, the standard hospital beds, the standard uh, commodes, all of that sort of thing. Mm. Do you source the actual equipment from different places as yes, well? Yes, I'll, I'll source it and show my clients pictures of it they then have to purchase it themselves. But there are wonderful companies like Opera Beds. Well, there's so many companies that do these fully height adjustable um, profiling beds, but they can be beautiful and any bed can be beautiful if it's appropriately dressed. But amazingly, I go into so many houses and there's the old hospital bed, complete with the blue cover it arrived in. And who wants to sleep in a bed like that? Absolutely. And you really want to make the, the rooms, the houses, as, as well, as their taste, as much of their taste as possible, don't you? Well, absolutely. And I often go into houses and it's really funny. I look around the house and it's really very nice. And I go into their bedroom or whatever room they're in and I think, is this a bit of a time slip? Am I still in the same house? And it's because people living with disabilities 
because they don't have choice. Um, they just have low self-esteem and don't feel worthy. And it's so sad. So many of them say to me, can I? And I say, yes, of course you can. Let's go shopping right now on the internet, whatever it is, whatever's within their budget. And the moment that bed is dressed, it takes on a whole new feeling for them. I, I do remember um, some time ago, actually, we had um, a client many years ago, probably about five, six years ago now, whereby um, it was, a, it was a, a younger person and her father was a builder and he had adapted mm. a bungalow specifically mm. for her and the difference. And you could see that the surroundings were mm. what she wanted mm. and made her feel so much more comfortable. But I think... You've you've used the word several times. It's the choice. It's and, a choice, and and I think the choice is not necessarily given in the care sector as much as it should be. No, exactly. And the choice is usually for people a residential care home. Well, as you and I know, there are so many other options, including live-in care. And obviously, to have live-in care, the carers need certain facilities. And it's really important to make their rooms equally nice so yes. that there's not this feeling of being cared for. And I think that's what we try to aim for is to actually give people the choice, the feeling that they are in control. Absolutely. Control and choice are key. Yes. Um, have you ever had clients that you, you feel you can't work with for whatever reason? Oh, Yes. <laughs> the nightmare client. Now, I don't mean that unkindly. We do have a fairly stringent process now for vetting clients. A lot of clients love the idea, but are quite happy to have the NHS equipment. That isn't what I do. But yes, <laughs> I had one client, bless her, and she came to me. She was just desperate for help. And it was during COVID because I couldn't visit her. And so she kept on and on. I said, OK, we'll do a Zoom. We'll do a Zoom festival. Because unfortunately, I could only see her from the neck upwards. Uh, this was a real learning curve for me. Anyhow, we persisted. She said, well, I'll tell you what. She said, I've got house plans from my neighbours next door. Their house is exactly the same as mine. Oh, dear. Said, oh, yeah. OK, fine. So she sent me these plans um, supplemented with photos that were mainly of cupboards. No use What? Soever. And from what she'd said, I carefully did some drawings, sent them through to her. She was furious. This isn't what she had wanted at all. Actually, her house was nothing like her neighbour's house. But what she had actually wanted was um, she was quite severely disabled with a respiratory condition. And she just wanted your standard size ensuite. It wouldn't have worked for her. And if I'd seen the house, and exactly what she wanted and exactly what she was preparing to do, I would have brought out my magic sticks in which I marked everything up and shown her that A, this wouldn't work, and B, if she was, you know, bent on having this design, I wasn't the designer for her. Because with my occupational therapy background and registration with the HCPC, um, I can't recommend anything that I personally consider potentially dangerous. Yeah. So it was a learning curve. Yeah, and I think that's it. And I think everything we do within the care sector is, is a learning curve because, and particularly with, probably more so with what you do, because everybody is different. 
oh, everybody's different and bes- everything, every interior design is bespoke yes. to that person. I mean, I've seen it myself when you go into, I mean, I can remember years ago looking at sort of different interior designers when I was doing something with a house and, and everybody comes out with a different idea of what you would want. Mm. But what you're dealing with is a very different side of things because it isn't just what the colour scheme of, of the wall is. It's making their everyday life completely different and way more of what they would choose to have in their in their lives. Exactly. It's it's changing their lifestyle and enable them to live the life of choice. Yeah. So they're able to thrive rather than simply survive. Area wise, are you just around the Bristol Bath area or do you um, provide the service to people wherever they live? Well, throughout the UK because at the moment, I'm sad to say, I am the only person who's doing this who's dual trained in occupational therapy and interior design. I'm trying to get more people on board. Um, So it's a very unique service. So yes, I'll go go across the UK anywhere where I'm needed and the client is suitable. Well, that's amazing because I, I didn't realise, actually, this, that's, a, that's something new for me. I didn't realise you were the only one. Mm, I am the only one. I've been the only one for 12 years. Good gracious. Well, and I've I'm known you for three and you've never it. told me that uh, before. <laughs> but um, I am going to go into the OT schools. They call them schools, colleges, whatever. It was schools in my day. And for the third year students that are looking at specialising in housing adaptations, encouraging them to look at interior design because it is so important, you know, not not just to say, oh, well, this is all we can provide. Maybe if they're working for the local authority, it is. But they can at least um, inform people that there are choices they can make and agencies that can help them. So, yes, and I do know a couple of um, qualified OTs who are thinking of doing an interior design course as well. Wonderful. Hopefully I'll get some associates. Well, that would be really, really interesting. And obviously I'll be very interested to see how this all develops because I really (laughs) do feel that the service that you provide is A, so unusual because I had not heard about it. And I think it's also, it just makes such a difference to someone's life and it's like I've said when we talked about what I'm doing with the the podcast is care isn't just about providing somebody with physical care it's or mental care it's it's about a lot of different things and as I said I think with the color and and you go into a room you feel completely different when you walk into a room that's as you would have chosen it to be Mm. and and also I suppose over the years they might change their minds and want something different but they have that choice to be able to do it absolutely well At the end of the design, people get a design board, which is A3 in size, that they can take with them when they go shopping. And I'm delighted if they then contact me and say, oh, you know that lamp that we chose? Well, actually, when I went shopping, I saw such and such. Here it is. This is so important that people are empowered and can make the right choices and end up with an environment of their choosing. And do they come back to you? Yes. Yes, they do. They do. Which is, which is really, really nice. Um, some of the designs go on a little bit too long, I think. So another really important thing that I've decided to do is to encourage people to appoint a project manager. They would have liked the design yesterday. I can do all the design and everything very quickly. But the actual um, construction, building work, etc., 
much as they might think they can do it, it's stressful and very few people speak, builders speak, a project manager does. So I would aim in future to have my whole design completely finished within four months. If they get the project manager, unfortunately, a lot of people come to me and they're not really ready. They've got this wonderful idea and they've sort of costed things up, but they haven't included all the building fees, the cost of the build, the architect, the project manager, the interior designer. And so by the time we've looked at their budget and we've whittled it away, I often say to people, look, there's a choice here. We can either go ahead with what's left here and you might be disappointed or you can just wait a little longer, perhaps find another source of funding so that you can get what you really like. But the choice is yours. We can work with what we've got, but it won't be exactly as you thought it would be or we can just wait a while. And they really appreciate that. I think that's really important. And and I have to say, as I said, we, we haven't known one another that long, but the few times that we've met, and obviously having seen your house, which is beautifully done, I should point out, <laughs> very restful. Um, and um, meeting you with coffee and cake is always a always a joy in my life. And uh, <laughs> we're getting quite good on the coffee and cakes. And we are getting we? very good. <laughs> but I would like to just say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How can people find out about you? Oh, you? lovely. Well, they can find me on the internet under Designate Inclusive design that's where a lot of people find me um also through the occupational therapy the rcot website lovely but thank you so much for your time it's been an, a total pleasure as always thank you once again elaine and um hopefully see you soon take well, care thank you for inviting thank you. me Janet.